and welcome to 31 Days of Terror, day number 22. And I have three spooky stories for you today, and story number one comes from David. I'm very sensitive and empathic, especially when it involves ghosts, spirits, and haunted places. I get a feeling when a place is haunted. I had a friend that was renting an apartment in an old home built somewhere between 1900 and 1920. The house was partitioned off into several apartments and different tenants that would come and go in a college town would always mention seeing shadow people or weird things out of the corner of their eye etc. I knew this place was haunted and could just feel it. So like the fool I am, one day I said, let's all play a Ouija board. I was much younger at the time, in my 20s, so there was about four of us and I was not touching the planchette but was watching my friends play. And one friend mentioned Zozo would keep trying to pop up whenever she would close the board. I, at the time, thought she was making it up and was crazy. Only now do I know she was not all those years later. At any rate, I was young and dumb and thought for some foolish reason it would be a good idea to taunt the spirits and coax them loudly and boldly to get some action going on the board. Very bad idea. I said out loud... There aren't any damn spirits up in here. If there are, show yourselves. Literally two seconds after I said this, the light and light switch turned on by itself in the other room while simultaneously the light bulb over the foyer blew out. Also at that exact moment, I saw a reflection in the window of what I could only describe as a purple glow. Needless to say, I immediately peed my pants. I then apologised to the spirits for doubting them and my friends, especially the ones that lived there, were very pissed at me. I don't blame them. It was foolish of me to rile the spirits up. I don't tell this story often and when I do I get funny looks. People think I'm pulling their leg. I assure you it's all true. Oh, can I just say that I love the energy of like, you're the one taunting the spirits and being like, there's no spirits here. Come out and show yourselves whatever when you're the one not touching the board. So that'll be me. I'd be like, no, you can all, you can all touch the board and do all the Ouija shit with the planchette and have like the glass break and the demon goes into your mouth and all that stuff. But I'm, I'm just going to sit here in the corner and watch. That's what I'm going to do. And then obviously I would immediately shit myself if... I was like, you know, all hardcore calling spirits out and then something happened. I'd be like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I love that energy. I love it. I just want to say as well on the topic of Zozo, I would never worry about this whole Zozo thing. As far as I'm aware, and I could be wrong about this, but I'm pretty sure it was kind of the main source that we have for this Zozo demon is just just this one guy. And he's on an episode of Ghost Adventures and I remember watching the episode and it was an incredibly problematic episode. So yeah, I just wouldn't worry about it. I mean, the other stuff, the like lights going out and um, seeing like a purple glow and all that. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd be freaked out by that. That that would freak me out. Zozo, not so much. And story number two comes from Erica. I've dealt with anxiety and depression since I was in my teens. I never really felt like it was true depression or anxiety because my symptoms didn't seem to mimic those that I had always associated it with in my mind. I do realise that depression has multiple symptoms and is not the same for everyone. However, this information is relevant to the story. I finally sought treatment in my early 20s, which played a role in ending my first marriage. I met one of my best friends, Brandy, during this time in my life. I'm a very shy person and I suffer from a severe case of resting bitch face. 
Because of this, I've been labelled a snob more times than I care to mention, and I always have had a difficult time making friends. Brandy and I worked together at a deli. We didn't really talk much at first. Then one day while we were closing, Ace of Bases, I Saw the Sign came over the radio. I couldn't resist the urge to sing and dance, and I looked over and Brandy was doing the same. From then on, it was the friendship of a lifetime. She was the happiest, most genuine person I've ever met. A few weeks later, we started hanging out after work. She took me aside one day and said, We need to talk. If we're going to be friends, you're going to have to meet my best friend, Derek. He's not usually a fan of new people, and I'm not sure how this is going to go. Fast forward five years, Derek is giving me away at my wedding, and Brandy is standing beside me as my maid of honour. It is important to note that Derek and I are terrible at dealing with emotions or problems. We both have a tendency to tuck them away and not deal with them. Neither of us like to talk on the phone. If you can't text it, don't bother is our motto. Brandy would make it a point to call each of us on the phone. She joked that if she weren't here, he and I would never deal with anything. She would drag me out of my house because it was good for me to get out. She really tried to help me with my social anxiety. She just wanted us all to be happy. She was that genuine friend who always cheered her friends on and wanted everyone to succeed. While her spirit was that of an angel, her body was human and she suffered from OCD. It wasn't severe, but it was enough to cause her discomfort at times. She particularly liked even numbers and things to be leveled, to the point that she rearranged the entire soda case so that there were rows of even numbers. I am not that way at all. I always joked with her that if I passed before she did, I would knock all of her frames over, but just slightly. However, it wouldn't be me that would pass first. On December the 28th, 2016, Brandy had a massive heart attack and passed away suddenly in her sleep. That was one of the very few times Derek called me on the phone. We didn't drift away, but remained closer than ever. I was best man at his wedding. He is uncle to my children and brother-in-law to my husband. My son Joe was born seven days before she passed away, and we named him after Brandy. Her middle name was Joe. I dedicated a portion of my picture wall to Brandy. In the centre was a picture of her at my wedding. From day one, that picture would not stay straight. Eventually, I moved it to a table and then it would fall over. Finally, it broke. I liked to think that it was her. But as much as I love a good ghost story, I'm a huge sceptic. So I assume it's just a crappy frame. I always compare ghost stories to roller coasters. They scare me but I know I'm safe, except maybe for that one time. Time marched on and my depression and anxiety started to worsen. The doctors tried prescribing different medications and nothing seemed to work without severe side effects or the depression getting worse. Each time the diagnosis was the same, depression and anxiety. I was told it was because I have kids and being a mother is stressful. I ended up with TMJ from unconsciously grinding my teeth due to stress. The doctor's solution was to eliminate stress. I started to keep getting ear infections from the fluid building up in my ears due to the grinding. I was constantly dizzy and lightheaded from the ear fluid. I didn't want to leave my house because of the dizziness. However, I kept my struggles to myself. Derek and I have still continued to remain close. But again, the hard stuff in life we try to deal with on our own and not really share with each other. 
One night I was having a particularly difficult time. My medicine wasn't helping, it was just a tough time. Then my phone rang and it was Derek. He was crying. He said, I tried to ignore this dream all day because it's just too weird but I can't do it anymore. Brandy came to me in a dream last night and told me you were struggling and won't reach out to me so I had to call you and tell you that it's going to be okay. The following day another friend I'd met through Brandy called me. I hadn't talked to this person in at least a year. He said, You know, a buddy and I were talking about her and it was just weird so I thought I'd call you and see how things were going. Three days later I was diagnosed with ADHD and prescribed a life-changing non-stimulant medication. I cannot begin to describe how bright the sun was after those dark clouds left. I've almost quit grinding my teeth entirely. I went back to work. I've even started doing more things outside of my house. I want to believe that Brandy reached out to both of my friends as a way for me to really believe I was going to be okay. Derek delivered the information and the second friend confirmed it because she knew that I would rationalise it off like the frame. Oh, this story. You know, you don't, You every friend is not that friend. You know, you have so many different types of friends in your life, but it is only every so often that a friend like Brandy comes along. Like a friend who just really gets you and really needs to look out for you. And I'm so sorry that you lost that person in your life. And I can only feel like she really needed you to know, like she really needed to find a way to get through to you in a way that, like you said, you couldn't just rationalise away. And one of those ways was to get the friend who never calls you to call you. And I quite like the photo frame. That's a nice touch from the paranormal. But I'm glad that you have her looking out for you. And I'm also glad that you were diagnosed with ADHD and managed to find a medication that that helped and that has been able to change your feelings and change the way that you get through life. And story number three comes from Jenny. I've had a few odd experiences, but there is one that even now in my 40s, I can still vividly remember the fine details like it just happened. This happened when I was around 10. We lived in an apartment. It was one of those older style apartments where you entered in the kitchen and then all the rooms were in a row with a hallway on one side. My bedroom was between my younger brothers and my parents. The door connecting my brother's room to mine was closed off and there was furniture in the doorway so the entrance to my room was through the hallway. My bed was in the middle of the room between the two windows and extended out from the wall so that the foot of my bed was facing towards the door. I'm afraid of the dark, so I usually slept with the door open, so the whole light was my nightlight. I should also note that the pull string for my bedroom light hung over my bed so I could turn it on without having to get out of the bed. As a child, and actually the entire time we lived in that apartment, I had nightmares. A few recurring ones which all completely stopped when we moved. So I would wake up often during the night. When this event happened, I had a bad dream and woke up. I sat up and turned on my light because I felt like there was someone or something in the room with me. I sat there for a few minutes, upright in bed, and watched as these beings came in through the hall and surrounded my bed. They were interesting in that I could see them because they kind of had this reflection like sunlight reflecting on a drop of water. They were all short but of various ages, not dark beings. 
Eventually, they completely surrounded my bed and I started screaming and having an asthma attack, absolutely terrified. My mom came into my room and kept asking me what was wrong, but I just kept screaming. She ended up picking me up and carrying me out of the room, down the hall to the living room. She turned on a few lamps and the TV. I sat on the couch from which you could look down the hallway, and I think my mom either sat on the couch or the opposite end from me. She fell back to sleep and I sat there in terror as I watched all these beings file down the hall and out to the kitchen and out the front door. They were all various ages but none of them were taller than maybe three or four feet. Some were old with beards hanging down to the ground, some were young with baby faces but were walking. I've never been able to figure out what this was. Were they aliens, fairies, a strange colony of little ghosts? The expressions on their faces were not sinister. When they were surrounding my bed, they just looked curious or they were smiling. It was one of the strangest experiences of my life. As I got older, like 13 or 14, I started meditating and doing creative visualizations and other mind exercises for fun. I was a weird kid, but I was pretty good at it too. Doing things like visualizing eating an apple and actually feeling the apple in my mouth. But sometimes when I would meditate, when no one was at home, I would feel like there was someone in the room with me. It would be a very heavy, oppressive feeling that would drive me out of the room. The feeling would follow me through the house until I eventually had to sit outside on our porch or in the stairwell to escape the feeling. I eventually stopped meditating because that feeling of being watched started to happen all of the time. One of the recurring dreams I had was that there was this woman lying on the ground in front of the window in my room. A dark figure would come into the room and hurt the woman. One time when my bed was over the spot where the woman would be lying, I woke up to see the black figure standing at the end of my bed. That was a fun, terrifying time. Other reoccurring dreams would have usually involved something with our basement stairs, crumbling away or getting trapped in there with something. Another one was a murderer killing off everyone and I was hiding from them. That was very odd because I would have the same dream for every night for a week and whenever I woke up during the night, I would go right back into it like it was a movie that had been paused. These dreams happened very frequently over the course of about five years or so. Then we moved to another house, and I've never had any of those dreams again, ever. I would love to know what anyone thinks about those weird, light-reflective beings. Those were not from a dream, so they're super odd. I've tried researching it, and I was never really able to find any stories of someone having a similar experience. Okay, yeah, I'm not I'm not going to mince my words here on this one, Jenny. That is that is fucking odd. We've had lots of stories about people having creatures enter their room or even like robed monks coming in chanting. I I don't think we've ever had four foot tall beings, some old, some baby faced, some I don't I don't know what I don't know what to tell like it sounds very fairy like to me. I don't know if that's an accurate thing to say. I, don't, I just don't know what else it could... Like, it does sound like... It does sound fairy-like with the procession of figures. That is honestly one of the strangest things I've heard in a really long time. And also the fact that they weren't particularly threatening of you. Like, they were just curious more so than, like, staring at you with evil intent or whatever. I mean, obviously, you'd still freak out. I'd be screaming as well. You know, if I was part of that, that particular paranormal crew, I'd be saying that maybe your house was a portal. But I'm not going to say that. 
Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. Thank you to David, Erica and Jenny for sending in your stories. Remember, if you would like to send in your story, you can do so by emailing it to reallifeghoststoriespodcast.gmail.com. You can also check out the website reallifeghoststoriespodcast.com. If you are desperate for extra content, you can sign up to patreon.com forward slash reallifeghoststories where for $5 a month or $2 a month, you get access to heaps of extra content and every single main and mini episode completely ad free. And on that note, I shall see you next time.